Welcome this morning to Frontline Church. Greet your neighbor to me. Just tell them that Emmanuel says good morning. <laughs> Come on, give them a special greeting this morning. I don't see. You guys are not obedient this morning. <laughs> Greet your neighbor for me and say, Emmanuel said good morning. <laughs> Come on, you can give them a hug as well. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you so much, Pastor, for the opportunity, and the, it's a privilege for me to stand in front of the congregation this morning. I have a word for you this morning, amen. amen. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Amen, amen. I'm Emmanuel Osanga, for those who do not know me, and I'm married to a beautiful wife. Most of you know my wife more than myself, Esther. Uh, she's one of the worship uh, leaders in the church. And God has given us, blessed us with four children so far. So far. Not that I'm looking for more, but God's ways are not our ways. Amen. 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 So we have four beautiful children so far. And, and we, we, we are sure... As for me and my house will serve the Lord. They will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I just want to continue the foundation that pastor has been laying this, this morning. For the last few weeks, we've had a big feast in the word. Amen. The last, I think, 12 or 13 weeks now, pastor, just experiencing the kingdom of God. I know that many, many months ago, the Lord spoke to us to go back to the basics. So it's deliberate what you see in the house. There's a specific reason why God is taking us through this journey. It's not something that we sit and plan. It's the Lord leading us. And as we are led by his spirit, we will follow. Amen. 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 So just enjoy this time. There's going to come a time when it will go a little higher. The levels will be higher. But you'll be grounded already in the basics. Amen. So back to the basics. Amen. Uh, so we're in the series, mini-series of preaching the kingdom. I'm looking to build on what pastor said oh, in the last few, few weeks. He's been laying the right foundations and I'm just glad for that. It's worth noting that before Jesus talked about the principles that pastor has been talking about. Jesus actually experienced these things. Before he commanded us, before he asked us to do it, he actually went through it himself. So he tested it. Amen. Don't look at me like you don't believe it. He, he, he did test it. Amen. And it is it's written. Amen. He actually lived them before. Before he even uh, started saying, go and do this, he actually lived these things. Amen. For instance, the Lord fasted for 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights, in fact. That's what the Bible says. The Lord gave. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life. So the things that pastor was talking about, the Lord did. There's no better gift. The Bible says there's no better gift but for a man to lay his life for another. That's the gift of Jesus to us. 
the Lord prays. The Bible says he's interceding for us. Even as we speak, the Lord is interceding for us. So these things that the Lord is talking about, urging us to do, it's not for fun and games. He's doing it even as we speak. Amen. So as we go through these things, I want you to have that understanding. Leave this place knowing that the Lord Jesus is doing these things and he has done these things. Amen. And he's expecting us to do these things. Amen. This is just to encourage you that you're not on this thing alone. The Lord is doing them. Amen. 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 For me, Matthew 6 is the template for Christian living. If you want to, if you're a follower, you believe you're a follower of Christ or his disciple, master Matthew 6. As a start, start from there. And you'll experience what Jesus experienced. We know that before Jesus came to preach, he went to a solitary place to seek the Lord. When he came, he was just speaking. He was just speaking and speaking. Amen. Because he had already spent time in God's presence. He had already fasted. He had prepared himself. When he comes, he's just manifesting what he has experienced in the solitary place. We know that pastor said there are three things that are common to giving, praying, and fasting. One is when. The second one is. I want to hear. I want to, I want to see if you guys have been taking note. What was the second thing? The first thing is when, the next thing is do it in secret. And the third thing is, guys, speak to me, speak to me, preach with me this morning. Your reward is internal. Those are the three common things. Amen. Pastor, I think we need to give these people a retake. <laughs> Amen. So the, those, those foundations have already been laid for us. Uh, there is a secret in, in really what I'm going to talk about, which is fasting uh, this morning. And when you discover it, you'll not leave it. You'll want to do it again. In fact, it's difficult to stop when you've discovered the secret. And these things apply to our life. And I will be talking to some of the, uh, the things. They apply to your day-to-day -day living. I always tell my pastor that when I have a big meeting with the board of directors of the bank, I take time to fast. Even if I'm not prepared, the grace of the Lord goes with me in that boardroom. They will not even ask me difficult questions because they see the grace of the Lord. Having gone through that experience, I'm, I'm telling you this is something that I do practically. It's not, it's not theory. When I walk into that boardroom, I walk with authority. You remember when Jesus commanded the, the demon to get out of the child? He had authority. His disciples tried and they did not have authority. He says, this type only goes by praying and fasting. So when I've prayed, when I've fasted, I step in those boardrooms and I, I feel in charge because the Lord's grace is upon my life. I have acquired power, potential power. And when I speak, everyone, even if I've said something of less weight, they will say, wow, this guy. Because of the grace of the Lord. Amen. So I encourage, do these things for your day-to-day -day living. There are things that can take time to get out of your life. There are giants that you can have. By just praying and fasting, those giants will live.
Amen. So this thing that I'm going to talk about this morning is for real. It works. I have seen a boil under my, my armpit just disappear by praying and fasting. Amen. So I want you to take it to heart that these things are for real. There's a secret, and I wish you can get that secret. And just to make you feel comfortable, I actually learned that from this church, maybe two, three years ago. I learned it from here. And I've been a Christian for a very, very long time. But I learned it from here. And I'm practicing it. And it is working for me. Amen. We praise God. And it can work for you. It's the encouragement I want to give you. So I really want to touch on a few things this morning to prepare you. This message is not to condemn you. You will see that everyone can do this thing. It's not for special people. You see it. I'll, I'll show you. So I'm going to talk about what fasting is not. I know we, we'll go to our anchor scripture, what fasting is. Then we go to why should you fast? Really, why? And then who should fast? I want to answer these questions for you. When should you fast? And then lastly, we'll talk about how. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready with your pens? Amen. So we'll just take our first scripture, which is our anchor scripture. And I want to read it from the message, um, message translation. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. It says, when you practice, sorry, when you practice some appetite-denying discipline, to better concentrate on God. Don't make a production out of it. It might turn into a small time, you might turn into a small time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, not that word inwardly, act normally outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face, God does not require attention-getting devices. Imagine. So if you do, if you, it's referring to us as devices. He won't, sorry, he won't overlook what you are doing. He will reward you. Amen. Amen. This scripture is key. So this scripture is saying, actually, this fasting is denying. It says, if you practice some appetite-denying discipline. So it's denying. I like, I like this translation, so I thought I'll just read it for you. So let's go to what fasting is not. Fasting is not missing food or dieting or indeed starvation. You actually realize that the, most of us talk about starvation, but you can only starve after you've stayed for 40 days without eating food. That's when you start to starve. The body cannot starve in two, three days. That's a lie from the enemy. The body only starts to eat itself. Starvation is the body eating itself. After 40 days, not four, not four days, 40 days, four zero days. Not 40 hours, <laughs> pastor says. So just note that. Fasting is not about starvation. Amen. Fasting is not I'm twisting God. I know fasting, fasting cannot change God. It changes you. 
but not that it moves the heart of God. When you fast, God's heart moves, and we'll see this in Scripture. Fasting is not showing off. It's not saying, and I gave you my testimony not to show off, but to tell you that it works. It's not showing off. It's not saying, I can fast more than Emmanuel, or I can fast more than pastor. That's not fasting. It's not the intention of fasting. Fasting is willful abstinence from natural pleasures for spiritual purposes. That's what it is. Note the word pleasures. Abstaining from pleasures. Pleasures of the eye, of the mouth, the ears. So it's not just food. It's pleasures. Amen. Fasting is mandatory, as we saw. Because Jesus said, when you pray. So fasting is not optional. It's not for others. It's for all of us. It's mandatory. Are you an obedient servant of the Lord? Say amen if you are obedient. Ask your neighbor, are you an obedient servant of the Lord? Come on, ask them. Check for me. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Come on, check. If you are not a disciple, we can convert you even right now in Jesus' name. Are there any who are not disciples of Jesus in the house? Who are not? Not who are. <laughs> so, so fasting is surrendering and submitting to God's rule in your life. What fasting does is you subject what the, what, 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 what the Bible is talking about here of natural pleasures are the desires of the flesh. When you suppress the desires of the flesh, you're actually three in one. Did you, did you know that? I'm sure all of us know that. I know we know it, it sounds like theory, but true. Because God made us in his nature. We are soul, spirit, and body. When the body is ruling over your life, the spirit is suppressed. When you elevate the spirit, the spirit will have control over the body. And it is where you want to be. So by denying yourself this natural stuff, these pleasures, you're actually elevating your spirit man over your body, over your desires. Amen. That's what you do when you fast. So fasting is surrendering and submitting to God's rule. You're basically saying, my spirit is under God's subjection and rule in, in Jesus' name. What fasting also does, it helps you break habits. You know that eating is a habit. Every time you see a sweet, you want to eat it. You can break that habit. Eating can become a habit. You know that? That you want to eat all the time. Sometimes people even get addicted to food. It becomes an addiction. And the consequences are there. What fasting does, it helps you break those habits. Amen. So fasting is breaking these habits like eating. Amen. Why do you need to fast? Because Jesus did it. Just ask your neighbor, why do you need to fast? Do you know the reason why you need to fast? We've laid that foundation because Jesus did it. And for sure, we are followers of Jesus. We are Christians, followers of Jesus. So because Jesus fasted, we can fast. And we are allowed to do that. Why do you need to fast? To denounce your natural and elevate the spiritual. That's the reason. When I go to fast, I'm denying myself. It's painful, eh? 
the flesh really dies. When you fast, it's painful. It's not easy. But when, it is, when I'm going through that pain, I say, flesh die. Spirit rise. Amen. But in the natural, I'm feeling it. I see this nice steak. I'm like, come on. I must have this. But in that process, I'm saying, flesh die. Submit to my spirit. My spirit is ruling over you. Flesh. That's what fasting does. Amen. That's the reason why I fast. If it was not for that, if my flesh was in control, there are those who actually deceive themselves that they are holy and righteous. The flesh will still manifest itself. The Bible says there's war that is happening between your spirit and your flesh. That war is continuous. I wish Jesus took away that war. <laughs> then we'd just be living in liberty. That war is still there even today. When you feel like you don't want to wake up, the body is saying, come on, Emmanuel, sleep. The spirit is saying, rise up. There are people who are, are seeking for your prayers. Amen. There are those who are counting on you to survive. This nation of South Africa is counting on us. The situation that we are under today, it is you and me who can change. The government can come up with plans and massive plans, but without you stepping up, because the Bible says in Second Chronicles uh, 7.14 that if my people, and indeed we are his people, amen, so it's going, to be, it's going to take me and you to transform this nation. Why do you need to fast? To increase your spiritual capacity to transmit more of God's power. I think it's Miles Monroe who explained that we are like a pipe. So if you fill yourself with the pleasures of this world, you actually narrow the size of the pipe. When you give up those things, Give up social media. Give up watching TV. For the Lord, you're opening the pipe. And more power will flow through you. Amen. That is why Jesus went to the wilderness. He went to a solitary place to increase his capacity so that God's power would flow through him. You remember, what, you remember the lady with the issue of blood? He says, if I can only touch... They were feeling the vibration of the power of God as Jesus went through. So fasting helps you open that pipe, enlargens the pipe to transmit God's power. Do you want more of God's power? Yes. Increase the pipe. Amen. It helps you to break the habit, like we've said, uh, that may steal our time with the Lord and intimacy. Imagine if you're fasting like for a week, you'll not be able, you not need to cook. Do you know how long it takes to cook? Those are three, Brother Neville, three, three to four hours of cooking. If you took those, that time back and said, this week we are fasting, you'll have three hours with the Lord, amen. So it gives you time, it breaks, it helps you just uh, gain back some time. What fasting also does, why you also need to fast is you need to quiet, it helps you to quiet in your heart to hear from the Lord. It's a very interesting thing, but when you go through fasting, it kind of grounds you because you don't have a lot of 
would say, useless energy, but excess energy to run around, you actually be seated because you want to preserve your energy. And when you do that, you actually quieten your heart. Number two is if there are things that are in your, uh, in your flesh that is racing, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about that, when you actually fast, you reduce those things that you'd think about. And therefore, it just allows your heart to quieten a bit. Then you'll be able to hear from the Lord. The other reason why we fast is we need it to resist the external forces. And I'm going to share some scriptures with you just now. You remember when um, Jesus' disciples could not cast out a demon from a child? When he came and he did it, he said, bring him to me. Min was praying, and then he cast this demon out. Then his disciples came back to ask him, why couldn't we do it? And he explained to them why they couldn't do it. Amen. So there are certain forces that require prayer and fasting. The Bible actually says in that, in that scripture that this kind can only go by prayer and fasting. So it can help you engage the external forces or higher powers, if you would call it. And I'm sure they were praying. You remember those disciples were actually praying. They were praying for the child to get well, but the child could not get well. They needed more power, and therefore they needed to fast. It also just humbles, it humbles us to pray and move God's heart. Fasting may not change God, but it can move his heart. It can change his mind. Amen. Amen. So those are the reasons why you should fast. Is it clear? I hope it's clear enough. And I want you to take this. I'm trying to simplify it so that you can do it. Amen. So we've, we've explained why you need to fast. Amen. Let's now look at, and I'll read some scriptures for you. Matthew 4, uh, you can read it um, on your own. 4 verse 1 to, to 3. This was when um, the Bible says, Next Jesus was taken into the, into the, into the wild by the Spirit for the, for the test. The devil was ready to give it. Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. So you can read that scripture. Again, I'm reading from the message uh, translation. Matthew 17, I'm just going through some scriptures to back what I've been saying. Matthew 17, 19 to 21, the Bible says the disciples came privately and said to him, why couldn't we cast, out, cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Amen. I know we like this scripture. Say to this mountain, there are certain mountains that will not move unless you fast. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to announce to you, there are certain mountains that will not move unless you go into that place of fasting. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. So who should fast? I'm just moving to 
you might be thinking, maybe that's just for the pastors. Pastor Ryan and Pastor Ryan, you can't do the fasting for us. We will not do it. I'm sure some of us are thinking that way. No, that's for the prayer intercession group. It's not for, it's not for me. I want to enjoy my steak. <laughs> I want my coffee. Amen. But I just want to briefly touch on who should fast. So all, we, we establish already that all disciples and followers of Jesus Christ must fast. Because the Bible said, when you fast. With a child, mother, I read a scripture that actually kind of shocked me about the fast that was called. And even nursing mothers were fasting. I'm like, this is, it kind of broke my religion. Because I, I, I always tell Esther, you need to eat well because the baby needs milk. But now the Bible was saying that they declared that even for mothers who are nursing, went into a fast. And that really shook me. So it's for everyone. There's no exemption. The only exempted, the only people who are exempt this morning is if you have a medical condition. And there's also an advice for that. that that's the only exemption, by the way. Let me start with that. If you have a medical condition, you're on drugs, some drugs, please consult your doctor. It's not an excuse. Because some medical conditions, like I told you, I had an issue, fasted, and just I put my hand and just disappeared. I could have made excuses. I was taking drugs that time. But consult with your doctor. There are some conditions that you can actually do, do away without, without food and still be okay. Amen. I don't want you to use it as an excuse. Amen. But those are the only people who are exempted. Otherwise, everyone must fast. Amen. All God's people, i.e. the entire community, must fast. And I'll read some scriptures again to show you that. There are times when God calls his people to return to him. Amen. So if you are, if you are God's people or community, he will call you into a fast, a season of fast. Like if, you're, if we are tired of what is happening in our nation and want to see transformation, we must declare fast as the body of Christ and we'll see that transformation. Because the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, that humbling is fasting, another translation of fasting, then I will hear from heaven after we've confessed our sins. He will hear us. Amen. So we can have a Fasting where we actually call for the entire community or seeking God's interventions when you have challenges. I'm talking about who should fast. If you have challenges that you're facing, giants that you're facing in your life, then you are a good candidate for a fast. Amen. Amen. It's very quiet in the house. The other thing is who should fast those who are hungry and thirsty for God, God's presence and power. If you're hungry and thirsty, you'll fast. You'll put food aside. And actually, the, the interesting thing is that once you've tested that, you don't want to stop. You'll struggle with the challenge. In fact, some people will call you and cancel and say, dude, stop. You're going to dry up. You're going to disappear. Stop. But because of what you have experienced, what you've tested in God's praises, you'll tell them that you don't know what you're talking about. Remember, Jesus said that the food 
the food that I'll give you, no, no, no man can give you. That food, once you've tasted it, you'll keep going, regardless of what people say. Amen. Who should fast those who are obedient to the Spirit and the truth? When you have a nudge to fast, go for it. Otherwise, you're being disobedient to the Spirit. I don't just go into a fast for the sake of it. When I have a nudge, sometimes I don't even understand why, but I, I actually get to know it once I've gone through the express. I said, this is why I was called to do this. And sometimes it's very specific, can just be a specific thing. Maybe leave this, uh, do away with coffee. If that nudge comes, please experience it. Don't, don't, don't look back. Don't be disobedient. So who should fast? Those who are obedient. The f- interesting thing is that fasting is not like a special gift, not among the gifts that are in the Bible. Amen. Because it's for everyone, it's common. It's not called out in the scripture as these are the gifts that you should. You know, they are gifts that have been called. I, I, I know some of you might be saying, but if it was one of those special things, why didn't Jesus call it out specifically? Because it's common. It's, it's everyone's. It's our daily bread. Amen. So, so don't... I want you, the reason why I'm giving you all this is so that you understand that you are a good candidate to fast. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say you are a good candidate to fast. Amen. Come on, tell them with conviction, say you are a good candidate. Amen. Amen. Do they believe you? All right, so let's read some scriptures. Jonah. Jonah 3, uh, verse 5 to 9. Jonah. So the Bible says that the people of Nineveh, you, be, you, you remember the story of Nineveh, actually, um, maybe without even reading it. You can read it on your own. But you remember Jonah had gone into the, the belly of the whale, thrown out. Then he became obedient. Then he went to Nineveh. The Bible says when the people of Nineveh heard, they declared the fast. The fast was proclaimed in the whole of Nineveh. And what really interested me here was even the king, he stepped down from his throne and put on sackcloths to join. And then because he was joining, I think he was saying, if I'm a king and I'm doing it, then everyone must do it. He says animals, so all the cows did not go to eat grass that day. So he declared that every living thing in the, in the nation would actually be uh, going to a fast. So this was a community. This is, I told you who should fast, you can call a community uh, fast. Amen. So this was what was proclaimed in Nineveh. Uh, this next scripture I want to talk about is Second Chronicles 4, uh, 7. says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Again, this is the community. This is us, the people of God. We call ourselves the people of God, right? 
there are men and women of God in the house. God is saying we need to humble ourselves. Amen. Uh, Esther 4, 15 to 16. Remember I told you that who should fast if you have uh, oppression or if you have a mountain that you move. Really, Esther was seeing and Mordecai were seeing the children of Israel actually being destroyed. So what, did, what was her response? Esther sent back her answer to Mordecai. Go and get all the Jews living in Susa together. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, either day or night. I and my maids will fast with you. If you will do this, I will go to the king, even though it is forbidden. If, it is, if I die, I die. Amen. So this was Esther's declaring a fast to avert what was kind of placed before them. Amen. So why do we fast? If you have a mountain, if you have a challenge, if you are pressed from all angles, declare fast. So when should we fast? When there's a crisis. We've seen in the scripture. Amen. When you have a crisis, get into a fast. The, the interesting with fasting is that even when you go into a fast, sometimes you actually don't need to pray so many words. Sometimes when I'm going through this fast, I just quieten myself in the Lord. And then I just start memorizing his goodness. I'm not going into this thousand words or million words of babbling before the Lord. I just sit. And it has helped me to actually become effective in my prayers. When there's a crisis and everybody is like, pray, 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 I, the first thing that I do is, what's the will of the Father in this circumstance? So it can help. When do you fast? When there's a crisis. Without necessarily even having to go through the, uh, the I mean, hours and hours of praying. Sometimes this just helps me to connect in specific seasons. We'll see, like in Daniel, when he saw the season, certain seasons, and he wanted to propel what God was doing in that season. We, I know that as Frontline Church, we're going through a season. Because God has spoken to us about where he's taking us. It's written on the wall. How do we manifest that season? It's when we need to proclaim a fast. When you are prompted or instructed, when Pastor Ronald and Ryan says, this week we are going into a fast, please join in. It's a good time for you to fast. Remember I'm talking about when you when, when to fast. In need of connecting with the Lord, when you need to connect with the Lord, you feel like you're disconnected, there are so many things happening in your life, go into a fast. It's a good time. When you're called upon corporately, like I said, if the pastors declare fast, we will always participate and thank you for being obedient. And we had a wonderful 21 days at the beginning of the year. Lastly, start now. Don't wait tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Because it's, it's a command, it's not a choice. When you fast, the time to start is now. Amen. Don't wait for tomorrow. So let's just go through some scriptures to 
show us when. Jeremiah 36, 9. Now it came to pass in the fifth year of Joachim, the son of uh, Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that they proclaimed the fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the city of Judah to Jerusalem. Amen. So they proclaimed Daniel 9, like I said, this was Daniel, he read the time, you can read it on your own from verse 1 to 3, uh, that Daniel saw, he knew the time and the season. And he knew, he said in the books, because we read the scripture, right? We know that there are some, we are waiting for some prophet, prophecies to be fulfilled. When you sense that that season is here, go into a fast. Amen. Daniel did that. And he fasted. He says in, 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 in verse 3 that, Then I set my face towards the Lord, the Lord God, to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So he knew what was about to happen. Then he went into a fast immediately. Amen. Joel 2, uh, 12 to 13. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the, to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he, re, he relents from doing harm. So even if this, out of the sins of our nation, there's some disaster that awaits us, we can actually go to the Lord and he can relent. Amen. From doing what he would have done, like for the people of Nineveh. So let's then touch how to fast. Um, how, sh how should you fast? I'll go through this quickly. Dedicate a period of time to devote yourself to fast and pray. Replace time of your meals with meditation. Take at least eight glasses of water. Water is very important. Water is needed in the body. Um, you can do three days without anything. Three days without water, without anything, you can do it. Uh, this is called the Esther fast. It's possible to go without anything for three days, not beyond three days. Amen. It's also possible to do 21 days on vegetables, like Daniel did. I mean, all these things, are, this is called the Daniel fast. All these things are in the scripture. And then the 40 days are without solids, without solid food. You can do that. You can just be on liquid for 40 days. All these things I'm telling you, people have done it, and they have not died, so you will not die. <laughs> tell your neighbor you will not die. Come on, tell them with conviction. And then I said, it's very important if you have some medication, medical medication that you own that you consult. You're very important. Uh, please do remember that. So this is how you, you fast. Amen. Amen. And then some scriptures, um, you can read Isaiah uh, 58, 1 to 5, just showing us how to fast. And some of the things that you need to do uh, when you actually fast. Don't go into the same routine that you have when you go into a fast, where you're barking or shouting at your children and your dog. You need to change. Because the Bible was saying, and 
actually, when I read this, um, this uh, Isaiah, the first three verses, the Bible was talking about, I read that scripture and I was reading myself. Because we claim to be righteous, we are God's people, he's near us. He said all those things, but then we fast and he does not respond. Then the Bible says in the subsequent verses, this is how you should do it, and he explains it. So I want you to go and read that, amen. The how, the how part. What you do during that time matters a lot. You can't be swearing when you're fasting. It doesn't make sense. It means that your flesh is still, is still overruling your spirit, amen. But all these things will be suppressed when your spirit is above, amen. Amen. So I want to draw this to conclusion. I hope you've learned something, amen. The notes will be available in uh, church center. You can uh, go and read through and uh, go through it again and again. We'll make it available. If you're not in church center, this is a commercial. Make sure that you've registered. That's where there's a lot of material that is there, and we're really thinking of doing a lot of things there. Uh, so please do register. Subscribe to church center. There's a lot of material we're going to put there going forward. Amen. I want you to just close your eyes or bow your head as we conclude. And I want to leave you with some questions to ponder, even as you bow your head. Ask yourself, and I'll ask myself too, am I a disciple of Jesus? And is he expecting me to do these things? To pray, to fast, to give? The second question. These are just questions for you to pose for yourself. Am I tapping into my full kingdom potential without these things? I want you to ask yourself, these are honest questions to yourself. Am I missing out by not practicing these spiritual disciplines? Won't fasting unlock some of my big challenges that I have? Am I being obedient by not practicing these things? Could these disciplines be the missing ingredient in my Christian work? Once you've asked yourself all those questions, I want you to ask your spirit, what am I going to do about it? These disciplines that pastor has been talking about, that Emmanuel is talking about, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about it? And I want you to start to whisper to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you. I believe the Lord wants to restore these things to us. He wants to restore the joy of doing these things. That we will not struggle, we will not feel overwhelmed by, by doing them or wanting to do them.